That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey folks, before we get to this week's episode of Positively Trek, I'd like to take a moment to give a special thanks and shout out to some of our Patreon supporters. It is you who makes it possible for us to bring you this show each week. So, thank you so much to Carl Morris, Joyce Marin, Jim Stoffel, Dave Garcia, Rick Young, and Paul D. Kinnear. To become a Patreon supporter of Positively Trek, simply go to patreon.com slash positivelytrek. You can join at any level, which will give you early access to some episodes and access to other features, including associate producer credits and shoutouts. Thank you so much to those of you who have already pledged to help out the show. And to everyone else, thank you so much for listening. And now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to another flagship episode of the Positively Trek podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dan Gunther, and with me, as he is every week, is the wonderful Bruce Gibson. Bruce, how are you doing today? Hello. I'm doing great. I just want to say a belated happy birthday to you, Dan. Oh, thank you so much. And I want to say to you, happy birthday, because this episode will come out on your birthday, October 5th, so... Uh, happy advance birthday, but when other people hear this, it will in fact be your birthday. That is true. But I want to focus on your birthday for this episode. <laughs> so, cause oh. you, we have to make up for the, the time that we didn't spend together on your birthday. So that's what this is about. Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, another year, another five Star Trek series. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> Right? I mean, who can complain? I still can't get oh. it through my head sometimes. I just stop and I go, wow, think about all the new Star Trek we have. This is just so incredible. Oh, so exciting. I love the fact that we have so much Star Trek to enjoy. We've got a new series coming in just a few short weeks. We've got the last couple episodes of Lower Decks still on the horizon at this point. It's great stuff. I'm so excited. Speaking of Star Trek on television, we do have a couple of pieces of news this week. Star Trek Lower Decks is finally putting out a soundtrack. That's pretty cool. I've seen a lot of excitement online for this. And the music from Star Trek Lower Decks honestly is 
really, really good. So I'm really anticipating this release. I don't know that I'll get it, but I'm excited that it's out there. And the the music aficionados in our lives who love Star Trek music will finally get their hands on all of the great tracks from Lower Decks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this because, yeah, I mean, I do like the music on Lower Decks. It's, it's really good music for Star Trek. I want to hear it on its own because, you know, it's more the atmosphere of when you're watching the show. So you're not always paying attention to the music. So I'm more mm-hmm. watching what's happening in the scenes and what they're saying and such. And the music's just a part of that but now i want to hear it as a standalone i want to hear how good it really is by itself yeah and there's so many little like nods to the rest of the music of star trek in the lower decks music like my favorite episode from season one is crisis point and there's so many homages to the music of the star trek films in those tracks and i'm looking at the track listing there's 53 tracks and this is volume one. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. And looking at some of these titles here, there are definitely a lot of tracks or a few tracks from that episode in particular, I'm guessing. So yeah, I'm really excited about hearing some of that. Yeah, because I would assume, and I'm looking at here now, so I am seeing the time codes that they will be pretty short. They're not going to be, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. four to eight minutes long. There's some tracks here that are about four minutes long but the majority of them are you know a minute something or even 44 seconds or two minutes so you're going to get anywhere between you know a little less than a minute to maybe four five minutes max tons of tracks like you said not the longest tracks in the world but i mean you know that makes sense with how they're presented in the show and stuff the cool part is also it's music from season one and season two and the fact that it's volume one means that there's more on the way as well. So this is pretty cool. It'd be October 8th is when it drops on, you know, digital download services and stuff. So yeah, Chris Westlake is the composer, by the way. We should give him a shout out. He's the wonderful composer of Lower Decks music. And uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And then it's so interesting that we're just now finding this out and it's coming out in a few days. Because typically Mm -hmm. when we find about something coming out, we're like, but you know, that's coming out six months from now or whatever. (laughs) This is just a few days. That's exciting. Not a lot of ramp up for the, the marketing of it, but I hope uh, I hope a lot of people pick this up. Yeah, I think they will. Well, we also have one other small news bit, and uh, this is from the folks over at trekmovie.com. Uh, there's been, you know, kind of this regular every once in a while, there's an image from the set of Star Trek Picard that gets out from people tweeting and sending Instagram photos from the set. And this article from Trek Movie, which I will link in the show notes, kind of assembles a lot of these together and pieces together things that we might be seeing in season three of Star Trek Picard. So not even season two. We don't even have season two yet. But as we all know, they are currently working on season three of Picard. And a lot of these images are from the filming of that season. So there's some pretty cool stuff here. My biggest, my favorite thing here is the shot of the Elkar's panel, computer ship panel here we get that seems a little old school for what we see in Star Trek Picard. So I don't know. This looks like a Starfleet ship and and kind of old school. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I was looking at this on my phone. And like you, this is my favorite shot because I like the Elkar's layout. And I was thinking, what ship is this from? And because it doesn't say, but now that I'm looking at it on my computer screen, as opposed to my phone, I'm getting a better look at it. And I'm, I am noticing, well, I mean, we got the panel, but then I see back behind the panel, there's a chair, right? Is that a mm-hmm. chair that kind of gives me that TOS vibe? 
A little bit, yeah. And then, like, I may be looking way too much into this, but the wall paneling looks almost like Borgish or something. Like, there's tubes. I, I that might be way too much to glean from that little tiny slice of the wall, though. So I don't know what's going on here, but I'm excited. This looks really cool. So there's nothing written on this panel that gives any clue to anything. Yeah, no, we just see navigation and helm control on it. So I don't know if that's a bridge panel, maybe. I don't know, but this is really interesting. Well, it's good to see it because, you know, just like with Lower Decks, we like familiar looking things. Like we see, oh, this is like this and oh, this is from this. And, you know, and it's just cool to see the L cars like this. More in that traditional style. We've seen some of it in Picard before, but not to this extent. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Another one that I want to talk about is uh, another one by Terry Matalis. He's he's the one that tweeted out the uh, the helm panel as well. But this hypospray station, I guess. I love I want to get a good look at that hypospray. I want them to pull it out of there and I want to look at it in the little vials of, of medicine and stuff. Again, kind of old school looking with the buttons and stuff, but the hypospray itself looks pretty sleek and futuristic. So I'm not sure exactly where this comes from. Well, this looks like something that Dr. Crusher would use. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, any medical professional will use. But I'm trying to read into this too much. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking maybe this is just you know, a little hint that we're going to see the med bay of, or a sick bay of a Starfleet ship and we're going to see Crusher. I will say, and I mean, I'm not kind of, I'm I'm not looking too much into this, but I will say the colors are more Enterprise D-ish than we see in later Starfleet, right? If you think of Voyager, everything's a little bit brushed aluminum kind of grays and stuff. But if you think of the Enterprise D, there was a lot of that beige and off-white, and that's the color that this looks. So I'm like, ooh, either maybe kind of a return to a more classic style in Starfleet, or are we seeing an older ship, which, you know, might lend itself to the Elkar's graphics looking a little older than what we see later. So... I don't know. I don't know, but this looks pretty cool. I think I think you nailed it. It's yeah, it's the coloring, it's the L cars. It's like if I saw this picture just randomly sitting somewhere and someone said, "What do you think this is from?" I'd say, "Um, I'm guessing probably from TNG, maybe Voyager." Mhm. Because it doesn't look like it's on Deep Space 9 from the background. It doesn't look like a Cardassian space station, but yeah, I th- I yeah, mm, yeah. Okay, let's not read too much into it. I'll get too excited. <laughs> Definitely. Well, there's a bunch of pictures in this story, like I said, and I'll link it in the show notes. But there's only one more that I really want to highlight because I'm like, okay, this is cool. Uh, another one by Terry Matalis, where he has posted a picture of a strange device. And uh, it's something somebody something somebody's holding and it's captioned if you know you know and i gotta ask bruce do you know what this device is okay oh well yeah i do know what this is oh okay yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so i know what you're talking about we saw this in star trek 6 it's the whistle yeah Yeah. exactly it's the boatswain's whistle that they use to pipe dignitaries aboard and you know it's funny it always was kind of funny to me because in star trek 2 they have something similar except it's just an actual whistle like you would see nowadays like on or even in times past aboard ocean going ships but this one's all futuristic it's really big and bulky and lights up and (laughs) so i always thought that was kind of like a silly thing from star trek 6 
But now all these years later, it's like a nostalgic thing. Like, oh yeah, that. So it looks like we've got something very similar in Picard here. And it looks like the person holding it, if you notice, is wearing a Starfleet uniform of some kind. So mm-hmm. very interesting. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Star Trek too, because after I gave my answer, I thought, oh wait, wasn't in Star Trek two also? And I thought, oh wait, but I don't remember it being this device. And then you said it looked like a regular whistle. I'm like, yes, I do know my Trek people. I, I, you I'm, do. I'm doing good. <laughs> Definitely. You absolutely do. Because I've just been watching <laughs> Uh, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan recently. While I rewatched it with the commentary, I want to rewatch it again with the different commentary. I just haven't had the time to go through every single film and listen mm-hmm. to all the commentaries. I mean, I've listened to the commentaries before, but when I got the Blu-ray set of all 10 films, I wanted to start from the beginning, watch all the commentaries, well, listen to all the commentaries, and then all the, watch all the special features and stuff. I want to go through all... 10 films and just knock it out. And like I said, I've probably seen all this stuff before, but it's been a while. Yeah, no, I hear you. That was one thing. Like recently I watched the commentary for Star Trek for the voyage home. And I think it was, was it the William Shatner one? I think I listened to, and I was really surprised at some of the stuff that I hadn't remembered or didn't know. There's all this stuff out there and it, it's, yeah, it's fun to kind of revisit that stuff and really immerse yourself in the world of Star Trek sometimes. Well, okay. So, Dan, I'm going to just kind of pivot off of this right now because I really do want to acknowledge your birthday and I want to make this a fun (laughs) celebration. So I'm going to surprise you with something. Someone wanted to join the show to say happy birthday to you. So I'm going to admit this person in. Oh, wow. And you're you're going to be surprised and you have to ask this person, who the are you? And you have to say just like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I can see the name, though. The uh, name gives it away, but say it. <laughs> Who the f*** are you? <laughs> no, I changed my name before I came in. It wasn't supposed to be given away. It didn't work. It didn't oh, stick. Oh, I'm sorry, Bruce. Bruce <laughs> has been working so hard for this surprise, and I just absolutely spoiled it. It doesn't. He was still surprised. <laughs> it's still huge. That's amazing. Oh, well, wow. Thank you for having me, guys. I, I literally went on and I changed my name to question mark, question mark, question mark. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. So uh, Noah Averback Katz, of course, Rin from Star Trek Discovery and uh, the husband of the amazing Mary Wiseman. This very exciting. Damn, Dan, you are ready. Holy smokes. You even know how to say my last name. That was shocking. I told you, Noah, because <laughs> Noah's like, will he know who I am? I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to know who you are. <laughs> no, I said, I said, he won't know who I am. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, but wow. Bruce, you were right. Yeah. Trust in Bruce. That's what I say. <laughs> Ah, uh, welcome to Positively Trek. This is so exciting. I, my, the, the, the surprise and stumbling in my voice is completely genuine this was an absolute total surprise very cool well happy to be here guys thanks for having me uh yeah right on happy to be here yeah awesome so we we've been playing this for quite a while dan you started to throw me off there a few weeks ago when you said oh the week of my birthday i'm gonna go out of town so i probably won't be available to record i'm like no come on oh wow (laughs) no idea i I'm kind of speechless and in shock. Wow. <laughs> you almost you almost pulled as bad of his move as me putting my name in the chat by <laughs> dropping out Dan. Almost, not quite, almost. almost. Uh, I do have to say when I saw the name pop up, I was like, uh, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> you guys have to forgive me. If you see me 
occasionally reaching at the screen, there's been this little bug that's just flying past my screen for like all day. So if I reach <laughs> at your face, it's not that you're doing something wrong. I was starting to worry there. I thought you didn't like us and you're just trying to grab us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't understand how screens work, so I'm constantly, what is that? What's going on over there? I should wear my 3D glasses so I get scared mm. when you reach out. Like, oh, oh, there you go. Jump yeah. out of my seat. Oh. Now we're thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so how are you doing? How am I doing? I'm doing great. I'm good, you know. I'm sitting around, playing on Twitch, hanging out, trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing with my life. You know, regular stuff. The norm for everybody, but I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm not doing too bad. Well. Not too bad. Yeah. I know. I, t- I know. I told you this is a birthday surprise for Dan, but mm-hmm. at the same time, when this episode comes out on Tuesday, it will be my birthday. So wow! So double birthday. <laughs> well, happy birthday to you both. Thank you. Happy birthday. Do you guys have any exciting birthday plans? Not really at the moment. <laughs> With this whole, we're I'm in Alberta, so we're oh. probably about to be locked down again. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we I spent quite a bit of time in Canada last year, and it was sort of like stepping back in time through three months, because uh, because it was about three months behind, and uh, it absolutely sucked. Uh, so I feel your pain. I feel some Canadian pain. If you guys are allowed to feel that, I'm not sure. Oh yeah, yeah, we're feeling it <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Alberta yes. in particular, like I've seen, we've been making you know international news about how we've responded to this pandemic, which is, uh, uh, let's just say lacklusterly. So <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. So, okay. My birthday, cause it's a Tuesday. We're not doing much, but we got together with my parents yesterday and my daughter who's at university of Georgia came home and made a s'mores cake for me. And it was wow. really good. It's chocolate cake with a white cream icing with marshmallow cream mixed into it. So it's not too sticky or anything. And then you sprinkle little shavings of chocolate, milk chocolate, and graham cracker on top. It's Amazing. not bad. Amazing. Now, is your daughter a Trek fan or is it just dad? I'm I'm the Trek fan. The whole family respects Trek. Trek. My <laughs> wife watches it with me. Mm, the humor is you. I think what you're trying to say, they 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 <laughs> they, they let you do it. They give you permission to do, do this. I don't know if you remember at Dragon Con, but my oldest daughter was dressed as Ladybug from Miraculous right. Ladybug. I remember. And the yes. rest of us weren't in cosplay. And I still have. And then I yelled at you, you right, at Bruce? Me. I yelled at you. And I have it in writing. You even <laughs> underlined that you'll see me next year and this is what you underline you and the whole family are decked in cosplay (laughs) i would say that yeah i remember now i remember i was i was really pissed off i was super angry i know everyone was sort of turning and looking why is that guy getting so angry and that's why my (laughs) wife said we're gonna go talk to your wife now and we walked away (laughs) yeah before i started deciding what cosplay you had to do that's right it was yeah but i will be doing cosplay just for you next year good Good. As as requested. I'm looking forward to it. Do you have any ideas of what you're going as? I do, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you love a surprise. Bruce loves a surprise. I'm finding that out today. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another surprise towards the end of the show, too. Oh, my oh, God. Man. I should have known at this point. Yeah, so. Oh, now I'm scared. <laughs> no, no, don't be scared. Don't be scared. But uh, awesome. yeah, so, well, let's just get to know you a little more, Noah. I mean, sure. I, I feel like you've made the circuit. And so, you know, we know so <laughs> I much definitely have made the circuit. Yeah. You know, it's I've I've told so many of the stories. Everybody's heard it. But I will say, you know, part of what I'm I, I feel like I want to do with, with talking to as many people as I can is, 
you know, as a Star Trek fan myself, I just think it's I, I'm in a, I'm in a unique position where I can really dive into the community, support the community, kind of give back because the whole reason that this show is back and that the show came back all these times is because of the fans. So I feel like I'm I'm trying to, uh, you know, create a tiny little bridge between our diehard long-term fans who are, are really into the new stuff as well and the Trek world. That's what I'm trying to do. We'll see if people are sick of it or not, but for now, <laughs> nobody's told me to shut up yet. This is really awesome. So, of course, as you know, we're positively Trek. And I feel like you're the perfect person to have on here because <laughs> of just the positive energy you bring to Star Trek and the fandom and all the stuff you do with the uh, like the D&D online stuff and just that that connection that you make with the regular fans. I love that. And every time I see your name pop up in social media or something, I know there's something really cool and fun happening there. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad it's not canceled again, Noah AK. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, I feel like, you know, I've seen what the experience that like the sort of regulars on the show have. And it's a challenging one, you know, because a lot of the fan experiences get really filtered. And often what happens is the ones that get through are negative experiences, mm. which really turns people away from interacting with the fans. Or a lot of the time what happens with like interviews and stuff is you actually get like bigger outlets, you know, who are part of like the press junket, which is totally fine and great. And I've done that too. But a lot of the time, the passion and excitement for Star Trek and the minutia of Star Trek and the, the fan outlook or like the opinion, you know, isn't quite there. It's more about looking for a story angle or pushing, you know, a publicity angle, which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just not as fun to talk about, you know, because it doesn't really get into your own personal connection with the material. You know, I know all of the actors on Trek have a really, really personal connection with the work that they do and they don't often get to share it. So I just feel like pushing that out there, putting that out there, just showing people on both sides, you know, hey, like there's a lot more than just the press junket that you are required to do. And for the fans, hey, you know, there's a lot more that the actors are bringing to both their roles and to the fandom than just what feels like their sort of requirements. Do you think the other actors feel a little intimidated by fans that fans are going to ask them questions about their characters in Star Trek? They have to have this depth of knowledge that they're going to be like, I'm going to look so stupid talking. They're going to mm. ask me about like how much energy comes through a phaser. And I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I think maybe early on that was the case while they were maybe like, you know, halfway through season one. I don't think, that's the case really anymore. I think people really feel a lot of ownership and understanding, especially of Discovery in particular. You know, I think at this point, nobody really knows Discovery better than the people who have worked on the show. So I, I don't think they feel that way anymore. And I don't think Anthony Rapp has ever felt that way. <laughs> a lot. I think you never really know with fans especially on the internet, what you're going to get. And so that is a lot of why people maybe take a step back and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the internet is a challenging place. 
Um, but I also think that, you know, sort of getting my first uh, taste of the convention world that, that the actors can really gain a lot from meeting with the fans and especially like hearing what it means to them. You know, as an actor, I think what people don't understand sometimes is so often you don't know why a decision has happened. You're not in control. You really don't have any kind of creative command over your character, or your story a lot of the time, you know, especially for bigger arcs or for larger things you come in and the script's written and you do your best to support what you think is right and support what the writers think is right. And, and you do your job, you know? So a lot of the time when people ask those questions, you know, why did this happen? How does this work? Uh, you know, I don't know. I wasn't in the room when that decision was made. Um, but I do think that they really gain a lot from hearing what these characters have meant to people personally, you know, hearing, oh, you know, I was in a really difficult time and discovery or whatever was my comfort food that really got me through or, oh, you know, I, I see myself on screen in a way I've never seen before, or I thought this was really fun and funny, you know, those are the kind of things that, that really stick with people on the other side of the, the table, definitely. And me too. Yeah. How weird is it for you? Because you've been a Star Trek <laughs> fan for like all your life and you've been to conventions and now you're on the other side of the table. I you know, guess. it's, it's a little of both. It's a little of both because I think anybody who has been to conventions has the moment where they imagine themselves up there, whether it's just as the person doing the interview, you know, or as it's the actor, you think, I feel like I, I would know what to say there. And so there is this amazing thing where being on panels, doing these things, being in the games, I have this sort of like, it's not inside information, but it is like, I've made it a commitment to never let some a panel or a thing that I'm on be one of those panels that is like, okay, you know, like, it's just like a little boring, a little dry, like. Yeah, Cause you're like, I'm with my people. I know you people in the Yes, audience. exactly. Right. And I, all, yeah, I know what you, what you, what you freaks want. I know it's funny. <laughs> I know it's not funny, you know? And so it's been really, really fun to get to sort of live out that family fantasy, live out that dream, and also make the things I'm in really enjoyable to participate in both on stage and as, as a viewer. And that's been super, super fun. The weird part has been like, you know, I'll be sitting behind my table and I'll see somebody with a cool costume or particularly like every Andorian is going to catch my eye. And I'll be like, hey, ah, come over here. Ah, let's take a picture. And people are just like, what are you doing? <laughs> go sit behind your table you know they're like so confused by like what I'm doing and then I'm like oh I'm like I'm breaking something right now by like running after somebody you know like over and over or like right. waving every time they come by it's like is he angry at me is what does he want from me you know he's just stay over there so so I have to work on kind of like staying out of people's business too much uh because you know as when you're when you're walking the floor as a fan you're like hey i want to go take a picture with this person and of course everybody is game and they do their, they have their pose set for their cosplay already and so i keep doing that and they're like what are you doing so go sit down you know so that's been that's been a learning See, i love this because it's like the opposite it's usually the celebrities like you know people are trying to yell at me and i'm like what's it and now you, it's the other way you're the exactly. celebrity going and eh, you're scaring all the fans away. <laughs> exactly i mean it's really true okay. I said it's we really had to true. leave you to go talk to Mary. I mean, what is wrong with you, Noah? I know I'm screaming at people, yelling at them, but you know what? I give everybody a memorable experience one way or another. <laughs> That's right. I remember in the early days of Star Trek Discovery, Mary Wiseman 
was telling the story of, you know, she got this job on Star Trek and her boyfriend is so, you know, would is such a huge fan, but she can't tell him. I want to, I'm curious about that moment where first like that, that kind of in-between moment where she knew and you didn't know. And then when she finally told you, what was that like? Because I, I just, before I even knew who you were, I was like imagining <laughs> that, you know, my girlfriend or my wife had gotten on Star Trek or something. And what would that be I, like? <laughs> I'm just imagining that. I mean, I just assumed that Noah's like, this like every woman wanted him and Mary had to impress him <laughs> to get yeah, a job right. on Star Trek just to get yeah, his attention. Right. I mean, man, you, you got it, dude. Yeah, she would do yeah, yeah. Quite the other way around. Um well, you know, it was funny because she auditioned for this role and I helped read with her and it, it was just like some techno babble, basically. It was like very basic Tilly stuff, which she which immediately knocked out of the park and which is fun to do. And then, you know, we didn't hear anything. She didn't hear anything for like three weeks. And usually with something like that, you know, there's a really, really long involved process of multiple auditions for multiple people. Move Slowly, you're moving up the ladder. You know, you could do seven different auditions, 10 auditions, you know, it could go on forever. And I was sitting at dinner with my dad and my cousin and she had just like seen a play and she sat down next to me and she just like leaned over and was like, I booked Star Trek. And I was like, what? Like, what, the, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like that doesn't actually make any sense just from like a business standpoint. Like, you mean they just called you and were like, you got the job? And she, you know, she had done some TV work, but she'd never been a series regular before. You know, she'd done some episodes on, she like that, this, she was doing episodes on Longmire, but that was like her first sort of reoccurring role. So it was such like a massive leap. And she's like, yeah, they called me. And I was like, God, I was like, what? Like, that doesn't even make sense. And it took me like three days to like have it make sense. And then suddenly, you know, she was doing a play. The play ended the next day. She like flew to Toronto and it was like starting, you know? So a lot of it was, it just happened so fast that it was hard to keep up with. And even before, you know, before she started shooting and reading scripts and everything, a lot of it was like press, like she was already doing press or press photos or costumed photos. So, so much of it was just like her trying to figure out what was going on and what to expect and what was happening with their character. Cause you know, they had those first two episodes that they weren't a part of. So it was like, what is, you know, they've already started without me, like what's going on? And yeah, and then I was, then especially the first season, I was constantly like, what happens? Tell me what happens. Tell me what happens. <laughs> She's just like, here, read the scripts. I don't want to tell you anymore. <laughs> well, that was that nice that she let you read it. She could have said, no, you have to wait. Well, here's the thing that happened was I read the scripts and then I'd watch it and I'd be like, oh, like it's actually way better if I don't read the scripts. Mm -hmm. I like not knowing what's going to happen. I, I liked not having an idea or picture in my head, whether it was positive or negative, of, and then seeing it up there. So like this year for season four, I really don't have any idea what's going to happen. You know, I, I, I really have no idea, even though I definitely could figure it out but it's just way more fun to watch it kind of like a fan you know so are you doing things like you say to mary or now even the other people on on the show saying things like you know what you guys should do you guys should think no. to do that. you're not giving like <laughs> no. any star trek suggestions noah no come on no no way listen you <laughs> yeah no i be, first off because what the f are they gonna do about it they already shot it they already wrote it you know <laughs> Yeah, but give them future ideas. You know your track, you know? They know their track. 
they don't need my <laughs> stupid ass ideas. You know, they know it. You know, they they know they know their trek too. They especially know their discovery. And they, you know, they they're already writing season five. Like it's already happening, you know. So I would love to pitch ideas to them, but they're already two or three years ahead of me. So I, I just sit back and enjoy the show. You didn't pitch a spin-off series for Rin? <laughs> it's a little too late yeah book wipes up his ashes and they fly off into the universe <laughs> i'd watch a rin's rin prequel series right uh, yes yeah. yeah, so we uh, we honestly we all would we would all watch that well you know when i was on set i and when i got the job i there's some positives about knowing a lot about trek that extend beyond like oh here's what i think should happen here's the here's the sign oh this shouldn't work this should happen instead because nobody really wants to hear that, you know, I'm, they're all doing their job and let me do my job, which is just acting as best as I can. But what was super helpful about being a fan and then working on the show was really understanding the tone, you know, so, and the style. So that was understanding that one episode, it could be, you know, me and David really serious, you know, life or death stuff. And then the next episode, I'm holding a cat and screaming and giving a thumbs up, you know, it, it really <laughs> understanding the track can really hold a lot was super helpful. But the other thing I understood was from the very beginning, once I, once I understood that I had survived the first episode, I was like, oh, I'm dead. You know, I am absolutely dead. This is, this is uh, the, the clock is ticking. And so I made the decision not to reach out to the showrunners or anything to be like, Hey, you know, tell me more about this guy. Here's what I think about them. What do you think about him? Because I knew they'd be like, okay, that's such a good idea. Here's his backstory or whatever, you know, here's what we had in mind. Oh yeah. And then episode 10, he dies because I knew that any shooting I would have to do between then and 10 would be worse because I'd be so distraught and so distracted as an actor that I'm like, well, he's just going to die. You know that. So I made a concerted effort to not sort of put my uh, two cents into the mix because I thought it was, I, and I maintained it was much better to live in a, in ignorance of hmm. bliss and be in the moment, you know, than, than constantly being dragged out to the inevitable demise, which I already knew was coming. Yeah, you could have been like Shatner and said, keep the camera on me more, you know, because you've... I No, I didn't say I didn't do that. Oh, okay. That's very different. That's very different. I definitely didn't say I didn't do that. I was in the moment, right? It's like, oh, you guys really are going to want to catch this. Excellent. So now I know probably everyone has asked this and... I already know going in, there's no possible way you can ever answer this. But of course, Rin is under heavy prosthetic makeup and Star Trek has a, a known history of bringing people back and that kind of thing. Um, I won't ask if you are because... I'm not in season four. I, I can okay. say that because I'm not. So that way, nobody can get angry at me. So I can say that <laughs> unequivocally. I'm not in season four. You know, obviously, I'd love to come back. Of course, I would. Mm -hmm. It's much, much more challenging than it was in the old days, you know, basically because first off, you know, there's only 12 episodes. So there's... The idea that back when they were, you know, in the mid 90s, late 90s, and they were on the lot, they're doing 24 episodes. They're like, oh, God, we need anybody who we can trust, you know, mm -hmm. and you can trust Jeffrey. You know, that's why he got brought back so many times is he's such a trustworthy actor, especially under prosthetics. You know, you can't afford somebody not being comfortable in them. And then the other thing is, which is sort of this weird technical thing is 
because it's shot in Canada, the way that the Canadian Actors Union and SAG-AFTRA, the American Actors Union work, and with the tax incentives, you're only allowed to have a certain number of American actors, so you have a ton more Canadian actors, and those Canadian actors usually fill in parts like, you know, those reoccurring parts that sort of pop up through the season, which is why you hear people, you know, occasionally you'll really hear a Canadian accent come through on Discovery, which is very funny to me. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so it's just super challenging. You know, there's just so many technical hoops to jump through that. Who knows it will, what will happen again. Obviously, I'd love to do it. And if it doesn't happen, you know, that's cool too. I, I, I got in terms of like, again, knowing Star Trek, in terms of the run that I got to do. Yes, it's only a few episodes, but I got to do so much and work with so many different people, engage in so many different like Star Trekky activities and also, you know, have so many different scene partners and and get to work with Jonathan Jonathan Frakes two times. It's like unless I'm I'm bumping up to, you know, commander of discovery it's pretty much you know uh, everything that you could kind of dream in packed into this really really short exciting moment now did you ever feel like a real you don't want to come across as a dork or some kind of no, geek or something? that's those those times of, well i'll tell you what you know what was so great is that because i was on the set all the time everybody on set already knew who i was had seen the pictures of me at conventions as a kid you know so so everybody knew me and knew that I already was a big ass dork. You know what I mean? So like the jig was up. But what was amazing is that that made my time on set that much more special because everybody was so excited for me. You know, it wasn't like, oh, we got the new guy coming in. It was like, Noah's doing it. Hell yeah. You know, so we've got everybody who I've been talking with. And, you know, so many of the people, especially behind the camera who are working on the show are love Star Trek, you know, love some iteration of Star Trek, have a familiarity, have a a fondness for Trek. So those were the people who, you know, the actors were busy acting. And so when I'd be sitting in, in video village between takes for half an hour, I'd be, you know, swapping stories with these guys or, you know, the props guys would always come up and be like, you know, press this button and it would light up and be like, hell yeah, this is, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'd be the person who they'd come to be excited about the Trek stuff with. And then when I sort of got my turn, it was like, you know, King Dork is on set. This is awesome. So it, it really was... There was no chance for me to hide it, nor did I need to, but it, it made it that much more special that it really felt like people were really excited for me to be there. And, and you know, in the whole experience, they kind of got to live vicariously through me in, in some weird way. That's awesome. Definitely living the Trekkie dream. That That's just <laughs> what all of us want growing up watching Star Trek, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a funny thing because I suspect that in like, I don't know, probably only like five more years, you'll have kids who grew up on Marvel starting to break into these Marvel movies, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I grew up, you know, there was no such thing as cosplay. You dressed up as a Star Trek character. You know what I mean? Or There weren't such things as like conventions. There were just Star Trek conventions, you know? And so that whole culture is obviously so much more different than it was, you know, when I was 13 or even 21 or whatever. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun thing to see people kind of go through the same experience of being really, really embedded in the fandom of something and then really popping over to the other side. I think we're going to see a lot more of that and it's going to be really, really fun. 
That's fun. I remember actually just recently reading about how someone was thinking they, they'd read that Tom Holland's favorite movie when he was a kid was Spider-Man two mm. uh, with um, Jeffrey Molina as, as sure. Dr. Octopus. And now he's going to be starring in a movie <laughs> yeah, with that with... same character played yeah. by the same actor. And like, yeah. that, what a mind twist that's got to be. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool stuff, man. Really fun. Has anybody ever come up to you on the street and just recognized you from Star Trek? No, because I'm wearing this. You know, I've got my prosthetic <laughs> on. They have no idea. You don't wear that I, in I'm public? Sh- I wish I could. It would take me, you know, five hours to get ready every morning, <laughs> but it'd be worth it. I'm shocked that people know who I am at conventions. You know what I mean? Because I don't really put a lot of pictures of my face on the internet. You know, it's mostly like Twitter stuff. You know, so I was shocked. I'm shocked every time people recognize me especially like when i'm like walking through the halls and somebody like you know says like where are your antenna or whatever i i'm (laughs) i'm totally shocked uh but people will recognize mary every once in a while although we don't really go out so much so it happens (laughs) less and less these days yeah i guess (laughs) yeah Okay, so I do have a question I wanted to ask you. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Because I know no, that I'm an only child. You're an only child. Because I was going to say you're probably the favorite because your parents are Star Trek fans. I'm definitely the favorite. There's no question <laughs> about that. Let me be. Let me be clear. There is no doubt that I am the favorite. <laughs> It'd be really bad if you weren't. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's no question about that. So, is there any other fandom that you're into besides Star Trek? I mean, the D&D fandom is is a big thing, but there's nothing like in terms of like the lifelong stuff. I always, I get asked this question, I always blank and then I think like, oh, I am really into that. But not, not really, you know, like there's like, there's like the subsets of D&D stuff like Critical Role and, you know, Dimension 20 and that stuff that I really like, but nothing really, it's exact. you know, I find being really deep into a fandom is, can actually be a little bit, exhausting these days you know because it sort of feels like it can feel if you get too deep into something you sort of feel like you're on a roller coaster that you didn't sign up for you're getting whipped back and forth and you're at the whim of these massive corporations so I think you know you kind of have to stay you have to maintain a little bit of distance from from some fandoms unless you really want to just go for it you know but I I personally have to to make sure I don't get too invested in something lest it it rips my heart out you know so i just try and keep it at one or two yeah i get Mm -hmm. that because there's just so much to take in some of these franchises i mean even as a star trek fan i mean we're getting so much star trek yeah i mean i'm I'm also a big star wars fan and it's like people like tell me about other things like oh you should get into it like dan tells me babylon 5 and all these other and i'm just like sure i can hardly keep up with just the stuff i'm (laughs) liking right now Yeah, you know, and I I think a lot of the time what happens is you don't get to encounter these things in a vacuum and just like have a nice encounter with them and move on with your day there. There's a lot of baggage associated with them nowadays, which I think makes it really challenging. So so even if you know, even if I am a fan of something else, it's nice to just not embed too deeply in something just so I can sort of go in and have my own sort of stupid experience with it right speaking mm-hmm. of stupid things you know what i call season three of discovery what's that noah's ark because you're in a lot of the episodes <laughs> oh yeah i love that that's right yeah they should oh, rename it they should rename it absolutely <laughs> nice so i also want to know some other things about you what are some things that 
you know, as you're making the circuit and talking to people, is there things that people don't ask you that you wish they'd ask? Like, what don't we know about you that you're willing to? <laughs> you give guys to us? know. You guys know everything that I want to tell you. I'll tell you that much. Oh, <laughs> I've done so many of these things that people are really like scraping the corners for stuff, and everything that that people want to know is is out there. I mean, the the reality is, is I'm just not that interesting oh, you know no, i've only got true. that oh. many stories yeah, no. okay wait <laughs> boxers or briefs uh, uh briefs i believe there you go <laughs> wait you're not sure <laughs> we're going back to i mean i haven't thought of that since since a stand-up com- comedian yelled it at me since 1992 so i was had to reprocess it but uh you know there you go it's not there's not that much going on. I mean, also, I think especially with the pandemic and everything, it's just been a very strange time. So there isn't a lot to tell. I don't, you know, mm. especially, you know, spending so much of that time in Canada during season four with a crazy lockdown, with the fact that during that time, I couldn't really, I, well, not really, I couldn't go on set at all, you know, because the COVID protocols was, were so strict and nobody was vaccinated. So obviously that was the right call, but it also meant I, I wasn't having like nights out with the cast, you know, I wasn't mm. hanging out. And, and what we did do was all the D&D stuff, which is sort of already all out there, you know, so there's not too many other secrets of Noah that, that, that I'm giving people avenues to anyway. That's kind of, yeah, like you say, one of the paradoxes of what's going on now, like you go and catch up with friends and it takes five minutes because yes. what's new? Eh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's why the D&D stuff was so important for all of us, you know, because it really gave us a chance to have that experience of getting together, having an adventure, having a new story or a new joke or a new thing happen to us as a group and not sort of having to rehash the challenging or good or whatever day at work, you know, or, you know, having to sit on Zoom and pretend you're having fun drinking a cocktail, you know, so that's why that stuff was really just so important for for all of us. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, being a big Star Trek fan, what is your favorite Star Trek podcast? <laughs> uh, I love Positively Trek. That's a huge fan of that one. Wow, me too. What yeah, amazing. How about that? How about that? I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't really listen to many Star Trek podcasts, mainly because I've been on, I'm on them. And so I, don't, I like to come in colder to these things, you know, but I, I you know, I feel like Every, every single, I've been on basically every Star Trek podcast that has ever existed. And I've had a great time on all of them. <laughs> wait, wait, so I wait. Feel like you, you waited to, really go wrong. you made us the last one? No, there's more coming after oh. you. So don't worry about <laughs> That's it. That's true. There are like several hundred, right? <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, but, you know, I, I, what, one thing that was really fun was I, I had been sort of out of the Star Trek world for a while um, before Mary got Discovery because New York doesn't actually like have many Star Trek conventions like in the city. Um, so there wasn't a lot to do. And I was like, well, I got to get back in. And right at the same time, a podcast called Star Trek, The Net- Next Conversation with mm-hmm. Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda kind of popped up. And so I started listening to that. And then Matt Myra was the host of After Trek. So that was like a really fun coincidence to get to meet him. And I, you know, reached out to them and was like, hey, you know, I'm I'm the husband of this person. And they're like, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I believe you. And it's like, no, no, really, I am. I am. So <laughs> so that was like a really fun little Star Trek podcast. Um 
connection well, that I got to make early on. Here's the interesting thing, because our other surprise guest is going to join us. And the great thing about this, Noah, is that your wife does play Tilly. And there was a novel based on Tilly, The Way to the Stars by Una McCormick. And she's now joining us because Yay. I know you guys have tweeted each other, but you've never <laughs> talked in person. We haven't. Una, hello. Hello. Hi there. <laughs> oh, How's very cool. <laughs> it's all good here. Hi. Happy birthday, Dan. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You had a good one, I hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Noah, good to meet you. Hello. Oh, Una, it's such a pleasure to meet you. I've really been enjoying, I'm on chapter four. Oh, excellent. Um, and I, I recently came across the line where you uh, continued or reconfirmed the four gender and Dorian beta canon <laughs> with that very sneaky little line you did, oh, I which I just love. I can't resist it. You try and you try work as much in as you possibly can. So uh, yeah, I, I really loved that. I thought it was great. I, so I'll tell you what, it's an absolute nightmare though. Every time I write it in, I think, oh yeah, I'll put that in. And then I have to go, hang on, it's and then I have Chan, to, yeah, I know, but you've got to put the work in on the pronoun. <laughs> there you go. It's got to be done. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I've loved it. And it's great to, it's great to finally meet you. This it's is great. It's really good fun listening to it as well. It was, I have to say my highlights was uh, hearing you pronounce Siobhan. That was oh my God, what a disaster. <laughs> the whole the whole problem with me, like part of it is like, so I've been reading it on my stream a little bit. Yeah. Um, and like it's it's really just a practical joke because I suck at reading cold <laughs> reading I'm like I'm an undiagnosed dyslexic oh, where Mary's crazy. always giving me a hard time yeah and, and like we went and saw my mom and Mary was like you know he sucks at reading and I can't spell like I cannot spell and I you know my, she brought up to my mom and my mom was I thought my mom would be like no no he's fine and my mom just went yeah no it's 100% true and I was like what the you know oh, nobody's gonna tell me <laughs> So my ability to to navigate challenging words or especially like Irish English names yeah, or the yeah. bit of French you threw in there was it was well, a disaster. My mother drew the line at Siobhan. <laughs> I was going to be called Siobhan, um, spelt that way because uh, an Irish uh, family. But my mum registered the birth and she wouldn't she wouldn't have it. She and she wouldn't have this spelling of Una. Um, my dad wanted double O-N-A-G-H. Yes, that's yeah. what I've seen before. But mm. she wasn't having that either. So she condemned me to a lifetime of being called Una. And then <laughs> after Pulp Fiction, Uma. So uh, oh, right. <laughs> it's just right. been that instead. But uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> as as Noah Averback cats with a hyphen in there, definitely I can feel your pain. Yeah, you understand. The struggle is real. It really. <laughs> <laughs> so Noah has has Mary read her book? No, Mary has not read the book. I don't think a lot of actors read beta canon books, mainly because usually what happens is like by the time the books come out it's like they're so far past it. And also, you know, a lot of the time what will happen is like, and, and Una, you can weigh in, but like, you know, they'll, you'll base something on season one and they're off shooting season two. And suddenly it's like, oh, her mom's name is actually, uh, you know, Michelle yeah. now, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. a lot of the time and, and as actors, you kind of have to keep as much stuff out of your head as possible. You know, if you try and like build it all up in there. No, I completely agree. I, I think it'd be really, really hard to kind of um, 
because uh, you know as a writer of this kind of thing you're doing your best to, to sort of present the character that's on screen but it is filtered through your own perceptions and your own reading of that character and you know the the actors are there to do that so that's what they're magical at yeah <laughs> so they don't want my but, nonsense in their heads <laughs> you know what's been really interesting is that in the past few conventions there's been multiple women who have come up to marry during q a or during autograph signings who have said you know i i so related to the portrayal of tilly as a sort of you know, especially in season one is a sort of quirky foot in her mouth kind of nerdy character. And then combining that with the sort of narcissistic mother character from the book, they were like, that has been my experience. You know, there has been so many women who have really yeah. seen themselves in this combination of these two characters. I thought it's just been really, really cool. And, and Una, something you must have tapped in on of just like so many people are like a nerdy, you know, headstrong you know, woman with a mother who is like... Yeah, uh, they're two geniuses, but geniuses in different ways. And I, and I think yeah. a, a, a huge personality like, like the mother is meant to be, uh, you, it would so easily swamp. And we, we usually see this as father-son stories. And I think, um, mm. yeah, I'm always very careful at kind of making bad mother stories because, um, <laughs> you know, it's feminism. Yeah. Um, well, and you've got, and you've got the grandmother in there too. I love yeah. that it's, it's three gener. It's not just one bad mom. It's a whole, it's a whole generation. Yeah. They're trying to figure it out. What they're the hell is going just on Just doing their best in a very, very, very quiet uh, kind of step grandfather going yes oh i'm not joining in this one <laughs> <laughs> absolutely he's uh, he's played by gabriel byrne in my head so uh, i yeah, definitely yeah. see that i yeah. definitely see that I've, I've been loving it so far and you know it's interesting to kind of tap back into season one tilly obviously i think her character has grown so much and will continue to grow in season four so it's been great to go back in but i also just feel like it's it's really captured uh captured her as a 16 year old, which is, which is awesome. I oh, thought it's well, been it, really, really awesome. It was just amazing to hear that you were reading it and then to listen to it. It was just, it was just really good fun. I'm really grateful. Oh, so thank you for thinking of it. <laughs> My pleasure. I've been looking for an excuse for like four years now and I finally found it. <laughs> All it needed was <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, and I've been loving the Dungeons and Dragons. That was absolutely great. I'm oh, absolutely thank inspired. You. So, uh, if you can do some Warhammer painting, my uh, my little girl would be really pleased. <laughs> so just to throw Look that up. one out there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've got I've got the minis over I here. Knew I knew you would down there. <laughs> that was one of the ways I got through the dark days of yeah. of last winter. Was you know yeah. get the paint out and do that. Very so. calming and a kind of narrowing of focus. I think exactly really soothing. So uh, yeah, yeah. She's my kid isn't interested in in Star Trek apart from um, apart from uh, Dax. She met Terry Farrell online at one of the Sid City social clubs. That was a kind of thing. But it's Star Wars and Warhammer, which are two things that her mother knows nothing about and therefore can't spoil. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like that she's chosen the the antithesis of Star Trek, which is like <laughs> Warhammer being like, yeah, the emperor of death has yeah. rained blood upon this city for 4,000 years. Yeah, it's 40K as well. It's all grandfather oh Nurgle God. and, you know, <laughs> plague marines or whatever it is. So yeah, she's totally gone for it. So uh, yeah, a little bit of Warhammer painting, I'll encourage. <laughs> all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, I feel like the Warhammer community is one I really need to get into you they're know they're great they're really nice and we've turned up at the at the shops and and you think oh is it going to be quite you know sure. teenage teenage boys walks in with a kind of six-year-old girl and they've been no sit oh, down that's here. amazing they've been 
absolutely fantastic. I love that. So, you know, it's going to be an expensive hobby for us, but. <laughs> they all are. <laughs> yeah, they right. all are. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking up. I'm looking up what Warhammer is, so I'm not that. Familiar. Yeah, me and Una, me and Una are having a whole conversation over here about Warhammer. Positively Warhammer. That's what this is. It's literally Britain's only growth industry at the moment. I think. That's really funny. That's really funny. So how how's that Rin book coming, Una? Yeah, how's yeah. that? Oh, let's, yeah. That's a great now idea. Now that you finish autobiography of Spock, I think, you know, it's obvious <laughs> next step is autobiography of Rin. Yeah. That's, well, that's the obvious next step. I'm, yeah. I'm doing another Picard <laughs> one at the moment, doing a Raffi book at the moment. So uh, that, that's keeping Fantastic. me busy and off the streets. Um, and I've got a Firefly one coming as well, if you guys like Firefly. So, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's Amazing. A, a really good fun. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've kept myself busy in lockdown as well. <laughs> <laughs> <Plenty to do. laughs> well i'm sure i'm sure once you get back to the 32nd century wherever the hell they are now yeah. you'll find a way to stick them in there I'll, I'll, you know? yeah I'll, I'll, I'll it'd be great to do another one i think so uh but yeah tons of stuff so um uh and prodigy coming and strange new worlds mm. it's uh, i'd only just caught up i kind of breezed through uh enterprise and watched all the episodes i hadn't seen it's like guys just stop releasing new stuff for a minute you know? <laughs> <laughs> Catch up with this stuff. Although uh, Prodigy, we're not going to get to see for absolutely ages over here. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to see it in the UK. So it's uh, it's uh, it's going to be baffling. So um, yeah, never mind. <laughs> It'll turn up eventually. Yeah, hopefully we'll get word soon. <laughs> yeah. Your daughter will have already moved on to you know magic and all the other ones. Yeah, and... yeah. Something I don't know. Something they've not invented yet. She'll she'll uh... be in college and <laughs> you'll finally get Prodigy. Oh God, don't. <laughs> But she's loved Deep Space Nine. We watched some of that. So uh, uh, I, I think she kind of related to that. And um, the Sid City stuff was really nice. We should get you on Sid City. They'd love to have you there, the social club. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I mean, yeah, you you guys say the word. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I must drop the organizer a, a line, let her know that you'd love to go on. Because they, they're a great set of people, really welcoming. Uh, and I, I think they'd embrace you. <laughs> they would, I'd they love, would love it. That. You know, Mary and I have been doing a rewatch, for me a rewatch, for her a watch of, of DS9. We're, we're halfway through season four, so oh, I'm, I'm nice. up to date on my DS9. Well, they'd be very pleased to see you. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> they'd, they'd love to have you there. So people I'm heard there. it here first. <laughs> Una's yeah. a Cardassian. I don't know if you know that, Noah. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> you know, I'm a bit of a Cardassian myself. Yeah, well, I mean, that, down. Yeah, we with us all a little bit of a Cardassian in, in each of us. Yeah, so. we're just brave enough to admit it. Yeah, yeah, we just don't, you know, always let people see it. But uh, yeah, they they keep me very busy. They keep my uh, the the repressed gets returned through them. <laughs> exactly, amazing. Yeah, it's good to put them on the page. <laughs> Well, thanks guys for being here. You know, this is Dan's surprise for his birthday. So yeah. thank you so much for participating. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. This oh, was pleasure. really yeah, thrilling. Dan, thanks for dropping in on me and Una's conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to drop in on any and all conversations like this. So <laughs> Well, Dan, do you want to wrap us up? Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess, uh, first of all, um, Noah, if people want to uh, catch up with you online and find oh, out yes. about the D&D stuff, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at N underscore A underscore K and on Twitch at the Type 1 Trekkie, reading books, playing games, all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, that's that's the place to be. Excellent. 
And uh, Una, of course, we're going to be talking with you about the autobiography of Mr. Spock very shortly here. But uh, for those of our listeners who may not have read that and aren't listening to that episode, where can people find you and what you're up to these days? Oh, you can find me just on just on Twitter. Twitch is too advanced for me. So uh, Twitter <laughs> at Una McCormack. Where at the moment, I'm, I'm geeking about The Expanse, which I've uh, just got really oh. hooked on. So, uh, so good. So good. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk Spock. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Amos. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you find me on Twitter. I'm either geeking about something or just being angry. I think. Excellent. Well, uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Positively Trek. Reach out to us, PositivelyTrek at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, of course, to the Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash Positively Trek. We love you all. Thank you so much. Bruce, where can people find you? Well, while I'm not watching The Expanse, because I started getting into that too, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underline Rex. Excellent. And I'm on Twitter at Kurtratz. That's just Star Trek backwards and YouTube.com slash Kurtratz Productions. Thank you both so much. This is just the most, like, I'm, I'm stumbling over my words. I'm so excited. I'm so happy you were both here. Well, you're not 21 every year, so, you know. <laughs> and you're not this year either. <laughs> oh, harsh. I'm, I'm 21 with, I won't say exactly how many years experience. A lady so. never Awesome. Well, thank you so very much. And uh, to everyone else out there and to everyone here, Stay positive. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.